You're listening to In My Father's House with our pastor and teacher, Mike Fenizio, Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in New York City, New York. In my Father's house, there's a place for me. In my Father's house, where I long to be, oh, my heart will not be troubled. I remember what you said. Every day, right? You get on the computer, you do this, you do that. You put in your eight hours, 10 hours, whatever it is. And then you're finished and you have your meal. You relax a little bit. You go to sleep. You get up in the morning. You, it's, it's, it's a very colorless kind of a, a life, isn't it? Well, listen, this is the great cure-all for colorless lives. Let's make our lives more meaningful than that. Let's do and accomplish great things for God. If you were asked whether you are great or your life is great, most of us would probably hesitate to describe it that way, especially when Monday rolls around and it's time to slip back into whatever your mundane routine is. For some, that routine goes beyond mundane to downright depressing. But as Pastor Mike will challenge us in today's message, your greatness isn't dependent on you or your routine. The greatest thing you can do is allow Christ and His love to radiate into the darkness around you. Now here's Pastor Mike in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 9 as he continues his message, Intended for Greatness. I think that this particular verse of scripture speaks to us volumes about the importance of our reputation, our commitment, uh, our relationship with uh, the Lord. Well, anyway, uh, there, uh, but there's a problem, and the mention of that problem. Here, learning of Samuel, Saul, evidently, as I mentioned before, is concerned, he's interested, but they had nothing to offer the seer or the prophet, notice there in verse 7, because giving a prophet a gift, some wages, some compensation for their aid was customary. It was just a custom, but, they, uh, but Saul didn't think that he had anything uh, to offer Samuel. Well, anyway, the servant steps up and solves the problem. Notice there in verses 8 and 9, he had one quarter shek uh, shekel of uh, silver. And so anyway, Saul agrees. And then in verse 10 we read, Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. And so they went to the city where the man of God, that is Samuel, was. And then in verses 11 through 14, let's go back to our text. And as they went up the hill to the city, they met some young women going out to draw water and said to them, Is the seer or the prophet here? And they answered them and said, Yes, there he is. Uh, he's just ahead of you. 
Hurry now, for today he came to the city, because there is a sacrifice of the people today on the high places. Now this is a reference to some hilltop where sacrifices were regularly offered upon an altar. Probably that altar was erected by Samuel himself. Verse 13, as soon as you come into the city, these are the instructions that the women provided, you will surely find them, uh, find him before he goes up to the high place to eat. For the people will not eat until he comes, because he must bless the sacrifice. Afterward, those who are invited will eat. Now therefore go up, for about this time you will find him. And so they went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out towards them on his way up to the high uh, place. Okay, so uh, pretty interesting, the way that God set this whole thing up. Okay, let's go back. Let me further describe the picture that's being painted here for us. It's near the end of the day. The sun is going down. As the men, that is Saul and his servant, approach the city gates. The young women were on their way to draw water from the well, and Saul inquires about the prophet. And they respond, probably drawn in, by Saul's good looks. They're probably, you know, checking him out, right? Wow, this guy wants to, you know, who's this guy? Good-looking guy. And so I believe that probably, more, more than likely, he was, uh, they were drawn in by Saul's good uh, looks. And so notice they told him, yes, Samuel arrived that day, but he's about to leave to go to the high place to offer a sacrifice and participate in a meal. So they further counseled them, you better hurry. And at the precise time, they entered the gates of the city, and guess what? Who did they bump into? Samuel. Notice there in verse 14. One minute later, they would have missed him. Folks, you know what that's called? Divine providence. It's a divine setup, right? Listen, there are divine setups that God orchestrates every day of our lives. We just have to be able to, our eyes open, to see them and then to respond. You know, God will open up doors, but you know what? We have to walk through those doors and seize upon those opportunities. There's no such thing for a Christian as a chance opportunity. Uh, there's no such thing as chance anything within our uh, lives. So let's take advantage of those opportunities that God provides for us. I'll give you an example of this. It seems like, well, you know, this is just my, uh, the way that I go about the time that I spend. If I'm traveling on an airplane, like for example, if I'm going out to the West Coast to attend one of the pastor's conferences, which I haven't done this last year, I'm looking forward to get things back to normal so that I can go and visit all my brothers and sisters out in California, you know, where our ministry actually began. Look forward to that every year. But, you know, when I get on a plane to fly to California uh, every year, uh, you know, to just kind of spend the time, it's like a six-hour flight, and I'm a big guy, and I'm very uncomfortable in those seats, as probably many of you are as well. So to make the time go a little bit quicker, I usually open my Bible, and I'll, 
and I'll do my Bible studies, and I'll actually write my messages for when I come back to New York to deliver to our congregation. And so I have my Bible open, I have my pad, and I'm making notes and writing and cross-referencing and all of that, and, you know, and I'm looking for other cross-references on my phone, and, and, you know, and there's a person that's sitting right next to me. And always, they're very interested in what I'm doing. And so it's an open door. It's a divine setup. And then let me tell you what I'm doing. And then it provides an opportunity for me to be able to share Christ with them. That's just one example. But you know what? If we're, if we're open, as I mentioned before, God wants to use you more than you want him to use you. So we need to be alert to those opportunities. We need to seize upon every opportunity. Your next door neighbor, the people that you work with at your places of employment, Pick up the phone, call one of the members of your family that you haven't spoken to in a while. You know, tell them about our new broadcast, Monday through Friday, 8.30 p.m. You need to listen to my pastor. He's crazy in my father's house. And by the way, I don't know if you knew this or not, for those of you who just recently joined us, the music that we use to introduce uh, our program is performed by a rock and roll hall of famer who's a Christian, Richie Fure who was the member, one of the founding members of Buffalo Springfield. I don't know if you knew that or not. Who's a very good friend of mine, Pastor Jose's in our church. Richie's been here many times and has shared through music and worship, and he's even taught here. And uh, so, you know, it, uh, that was the band that Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young came out of. Neil Young was a member of that uh, band, uh, Buffalo Springfield. And so, uh, you know, they may be familiar with that music, right? So, uh, so pick up the phone, get on social media, you know, let someone that you know, someone that you love, someone that you're concerned about, someone that you've been trying to share the gospel with, that your pastor's on the radio now, Monday through Friday. Give it a listen. Let me, you know, this is what you can expect if you come on a Sunday morning. I've been inviting you to come out on a Sunday, and you've never, or you can listen online now, in your pajamas, whatever, right? And uh, this is the guy who's on the radio now. Use your social media platforms to do that. Seize upon those opportunities. Okay, anyway, enough said about that. Divine setups, folks. Divine setups. Well, anyway, let's go back to our text now, verses 15 and 16. So as I mentioned, they bump into uh, Samuel the prophet. Now, verse 15. Now, the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before Saul came, saying... So in other words, God had already alerted Samuel to this meeting which was about to take place. Verse 16, what did God say to Samuel? Verse 16, tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, that is from the tribe of Benjamin, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that is king, that he may save my people from the hand of the Philistines, their arch enemies, for I have looked upon my people because their cry has come to me. What was their cry? Make us a, a king, right? Okay, so Samuel has been already forewarned about this meeting and what he was to do. And also consider this. This was the man, that is Saul, who would replace Samuel. But there's an absence of resentment. You know, there wasn't any resentment on Samuel's part because of the fact that he was going to be replaced by Saul as king. He's just ready to further the purposes of God. 
Once again, extremely commendable. That's who Samuel was. Well, anyway, let's pick up now in verse 17. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, there he is, identifying him, the man of whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people, that is, as king. Now, not recognizing the prophet, that is Saul, as they bump into one another, Saul asked directions to the seer's house, right? So he's very standing right in front of Samuel, and he's asking for directions to the prophet's house. Verse 18. Now notice Samuel's response in verse 19. Samuel answered Saul and said, I am the seer or the prophet. Go up before me to the high place, for you shall eat with me today. And tomorrow I will let you go and will tell you all that is in your heart, that is in relationship to finding the donkeys. So, without waiting for Saul to tell him of his errand, right? And this must have blown Saul's mind, right? He, I mean, before he even had an opportunity to speak, to tell him why, uh, he, you know, what he was trying to, uh, to do, why he was there, why he was even looking for the, the prophet, uh, Samuel then invites him to dine with him and assures him all will be well with his father's donkeys. Verse 20, but as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? Now, Samuel's words were, I believe, designed to arouse Saul's curiosity and lead him to a better understanding of God's purpose for him. And notice Saul's response. It's one of absolutely, absolute humility. Verse 21, And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamin of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? Benjamin wasn't known as a warrior tribe. It wasn't one of the greater tribes, such as some of the others. It was one of the smallest of the 12. So he makes reference to that. And then he goes on, and my family, the least of all of the families of the tribe of Benjamin, notice the humility, why then do you speak like this to me? Well, anyway, Saul preceded Samuel to the high place where the feast was being held, and now picking up in verses 22 through 24, now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall and had them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons, so this is quite a large uh, gathering. There was this feast. They were probably all sitting uh, together around the, the table to uh, participate in this uh, meal. And Samuel said to the cook, Bring the portion which I gave you, of which I said to you, set it apart. So all of the arrangements for this feast had already set in motion. And there was a particular portion that was set apart for Saul. All of the arrangements had already previously been made. Verse 24. And so the cook took up the thigh with its upper part and set it before Saul. And Samuel said, here it is. What was kept back, it was set apart for you. Eat, for until this time, 
It has been kept for you. Since I said I invited the people, so Saul ate with Samuel uh, that uh, day. Okay, so Saul was given a place of honor at the table. He was given a royal portion of meat, all of which was indicating what God was doing and the events which was to follow. And then from the high place, notice according to verse 25, they returned to the city after they ate the meal. They spent time, that is Samuel and Saul, on the roof of that house, whatever house that may have been. And what do you think they were talking about? In their discussion, what do you think that Saul and Samuel were discussing? Well, I don't think it's hard to imagine that Samuel was probably sharing his treasured thoughts of his lifetime regarding the way to govern Israel. Remember, he was sort of like passing the torch over to Saul. He was probably recalling to him God's purposes for Israel. You know, probably offering Saul a brief uh, history lesson, beginning with the call of Abraham, right from the very beginning. Remember when God called Abraham out of his father's house there in Ur and uh, go to a land that I will show you and how that through his seed he would make uh, a great uh, nation and through his seed all of the nations of the earth would be blessed. That is, through his seed would eventually come the Messiah. So beginning with the call of Abraham, he's, he's, uh, he's rehearsing the history of Israel. He was probably speaking of the deliverance from Egypt when God's people were in bondage there, and how that God brought the plagues to break the back of Pharaoh that eventually allowed God's people uh, to be released from that uh, bondage. He probably rehearsed the history of the judges, the lessons to be learned from each experience. That is, he, was, he, he spoke of all of the things that were essential to Israel's prosperity, loyalty to God, and his word going forward. He was encouraging him to be a good king. And I bet you that was certainly a part of what they were talking about. Well, anyway, Saul stood on top of that roof now all alone, while Samuel, we are told here in our text, went inside, and he's pondering now, that is Saul, all of what just had been told him. And then in the morning, he was sent on his way, according to verse 26. And then, verse 27, Samuel showed honor by walking Saul to the gate of the city to see him on his way. The servant was sent on ahead, so that Saul could be further instructed about his calling. And then, finally, chapter 10 and verse 1, and we're going to pick up next time together in chapter 10 and verse 1, but I think that this was a, a, a part of this message, so I wanted to include it, but we'll uh, once again revisit it uh, next Sunday. But then finally, chapter 10, verse 1, then we are told at the gate, then Samuel took a flask of oil, poured it, on Saul's head, and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord has anointed you commander over his inheritance? So, when they were alone, Samuel officially anointed Saul as ruler over God's inheritance. 
And Samuel then, notice, kisses Saul as a sign of his own loyalty. Can you imagine? You know, just for a moment, put yourself in Saul's shoes. Could you imagine? I mean, think about it. Just the, the course of, of this, a, a period of 24 hours. What a strange few days for Saul. Who would have ever thought? I bet you Saul's mind was absolutely blown. He sent out to chase down a bunch of donkeys, and a few days later, he returns as the king of Israel with all the promise of success and blessing. Listen, gang, this is our hope as well, because you never know what tomorrow is going to bring. When God opens those doors, as I mentioned before, step through them. Seize upon all of those opportunities for greatness, to do great things, to be used of God. It's a blessing. Listen, that's, what, that's, that's why we're here. That's why we're here upon the earth, to further God's kingdom, to tell people, as many people as we possibly can, about the love of God, about the gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Well, anyway, we too are intended for greatness in our callings. And whatever that calling may be. You know, uh, if you're a, a mother raising your children in your own home and you instill within them at an early age a godly heritage, as far as God is concerned, that's a great thing. That's a great thing. At your place of employment, put in an honest day's work for an honest day's wage. Be in that influence for God at your place of employment. As far as God is concerned, that's a great thing. It's within each and every one of our reaches. Isn't that a wonderful thing? And by the way, and you've heard me say this before, this is the great cure-all for the blasés of our lives. You know, every day it's the same thing. We get up, what time do you get up in the morning? Six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock? You get on public transportation. Well, many of you guys are working from home. But even as you're working from home, it's the same old thing every day, right? You get on the computer, you do this, you do that. You put in your eight hours, 10 hours, whatever it is. And then you're finished. Then you have your meal. You relax a little bit. You go to sleep. You get up in the morning. You, it's, it's, it's a very colorless kind of a, a life, isn't it? Well, listen, this is the great cure-all for colorless lives. Let's make our lives more meaningful than that. Let's do and accomplish great things for God. Well, anyway, let me say as we close out this morning's uh, study, realizing uh, Saul was having difficulty grasping the significance of all of these events that we've just gone through. His mind is blown. He is given by Samuel, and we'll get into this next Sunday, three confirmatory signs, and we'll get into those three signs next week. In my father's house, there's a place for me. In my father's house, where I long that's all we have time for on this edition of In My Father's House. If you've missed any part of this message, you'll find it online at harvestnyc.org. You can also subscribe to the In My Father's House with Mike Venezio podcast. Just search for it on your favorite podcast platform. 
As we wrap up our time with you today, we'd like to let you know how you can connect with us. We want to hear from you. If you've been listening for months or even the first time today, let us know. Have you been blessed by a teaching here on In My Father's House? Have you been able to share what you've learned with someone else? We want to hear your story. It's such an encouragement and brings us great joy to know how this program is blessing our listeners. So please, let us know you've been tuning in. You can send us a message right from our website. Just go to harvestnyc.org and click on Contact. You'll find a form to fill out and we'll connect with you as soon as possible. You can also let us know you've been listening by sending an email to harvestnyc at verizon.net. Please feel free to share your prayer request too. We'd be honored to join you in seeking God's direction in your life. Again, just email harvestnyc at verizon.net. If you're listening to our broadcast and aren't in the Manhattan area, We'd like to invite you to join our weekly worship services live on our website. We stream our gatherings on Thursday at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday at 11 a.m. Find out more and connect at harvestnyc.org. That's all for today. Join Pastor Mike next time for another edition of In My Father's House. Oh,